Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Pastor Rebecca as we talk about the highs and lows of our preaching ministry, and we discuss this week's sermon in our series entitled Parables. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to Armchair Preaching, episode number 59. And I'm here with uh, Rebecca, Pastor Rebecca. Welcome back, Rebecca. Thank you. This is the first time it's been just you and me. That's right. Yeah, John, John's out of the office right now, and um, and so he didn't preach anyway on Sunday. So it's good for us to kind of have a chance to touch base on a very. We're going to get into this very uh, weird parable. Indeed. I think that's maybe an understatement to say that that's. Um, um, that that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely a weird parable, and and we're going to talk about that. But I do want to go into a little bit of kind of this is a kind of like a high low question, but you know we preach um, you know multiple multiple times a year, and we love it. Uh, I love it. Yes. Um, but there's challenges. So I want to just ask you, kind of from your perspective, what are the things that you find most uh, challenging and also most rewarding about uh, the whole preaching ministry? Probably finding the best applications. Um, that's the whole point, yeah. is to be able to find the best applications. And if I come away with just having some okay ones, um, yeah. I just feel, uh, you, yeah. know, uh, you know, I wanted something fantastic and i also have to sometimes uh pull back i can get too blunt um (laughs) by nature i'm blunt and by nurture i am not yeah um and so when i get into my realm when i'm writing a sermon sometimes i'm like maybe we need to soften this up a bit and make it more um welcoming Okay. Um, and so sometimes uh, that can be a challenge, but that's a fun challenge to attack. Yeah. Um, but rewarding is just learning more and more about God's word. You know, yeah. you, you prepare a sermon, you're doing all kinds of research, and you can have aha moments, yeah. and um, and then hearing of people applying the sermon. There couldn't be anything in the world more rewarding than that. Mm-hmm. Um, just hearing that people's lives are changed because of God's word. Um, and being a part of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally echo those. I mean, for me, I think the challenging part is, for me, the most challenging part is always the narrowing, mm-hmm. right? It's the it's the focusing. It's the, uh, we can't say everything, but we've got to say the right thing. So it mm-hmm. goes to your point about the application, but even even as, as we're going to talk about in this week's message and, and, <laughs> and this week's message coming up as well, you know, there's so much that you could unpack and, and so much that that needs kind of explanation and exposition and um, kind of dealing with, but we have this kind of <laughs> time that is constraining, and we're also dealing with people's attention spans, and right. and we we have to move from point A to point B to point C, mm-hmm. and and get them to a place where 
not only do they understand it, but to what you're saying, also are able to take that into into their lives and apply it in some way. I mean, mm-hmm. they, we believe that it's applicable, um, and so it's finding that. So that's very challenging. The narrowing and the focusing. The joy for me is, I think it, it's. And you mentioned this. It's the the aha moments. Um, mm-hmm. The aha moments on my side when I have an aha moment, right? And then the aha moments on the other side of the coin as well too, where we get to say, um, you know, see people have these these great kind of epiphanies for their own lives, right? And, and that's man, that is really a joy to see that. And uh, we we love the Word of God. Absolutely, through and through, <laughs> yeah. and it never gets old. And you can read the the Bible a, a billion times and still learn something the next time you read it. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this week, um, you know, this week we we had I think a more challenging parable, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, we've uh, last week was a challenge. I mean, I, I'll just say this is kind of interesting. The parables you think about them when you read them one off, right? I don't think we think about how challenging they actually are until we dig into them week over week. Right. And and then you start to compare and contrast and do these different things. This week, we were in Luke chapter 16, a parable that was is unique to the gospel of Luke. Yes. It's the parable of the dishonest servant. Um, in a nutshell, we've got a... We've got a land. We've got a, a, a wealthy man who has loaned out um, commodities all over the place, uh, and he has a manager of his finances. And the manager has been found out to have squandered them, and he is going to be fired. And so, what is he going to do? Um, we both dealt with that a little bit. And, and what he does is he creates this scheme whereby he reduces the debt that the the people owe. The wealthy man, and the man actually commends the servant for this. For, for commends the servant. We'll talk about what it's right. for, what he's commending him <laughs> for in a second. But he commends him, and Jesus holds this up for his disciples, and and then calls out the Pharisees for their own love of money. So I, I, let's get into the challenging part for us in this. When you approach this. You're looking at this. What what's your what's your initial kind of? How do you attack this type of a, a passage? Um, once you've read it, kind of prayed through it. What's the point of attack for something that is so interesting in many many ways? Well, I guess the the point of attack was to first address the seeming. Um, problem with the parable it seems that the the parable is saying go out and be dishonest and you'll be commended yeah um and to to explain that that's not the moral of the story um and to then you have to back up a bit and consider the context of the parable because i don't think you can really understand the parable without understanding the context of it Mm -hmm. of three parables right before that in a row Talking about going out and finding something that was lost, mm-hmm. uh, and then rejoicing that that which was lost is found, and um, so you got the 
sheep, you got the lost coin, and then you have the prodigal son, yeah. uh, and then this comes. Uh, so I think that's necessary, and to understand that the Pharisees weren't seeking and saving, they were actually complaining that Jesus was receiving sinners and eating with them, and yeah. um, they were the ones who were looking for the best seats at the banquet and mm-hmm. wanting to all the pleasures of life, and uh, they loved money and they wanted money, and uh, their focus was wrong, and um, this. This parable was about that. Um, it was uh, it was judging the Pharisees, but also a warning to Jesus's followers because Jesus says this to his followers in the yeah. hearing of the Pharisees. Yeah, and that's an interesting context too. Yes. Uh, and we both talked about it very, very briefly. There's so much to unpack; you can't really get it. He's really addressing it to his disciples, mm-hmm. but the Pharisees are always kind of hanging out in the background, sneering. And, and 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 I wonder what you thought about this. I didn't deal with this. This is one of those things that I just cutting room floor sort of thing. But it says that the Pharisees ridiculed Jesus or they sneered at Jesus. Right. And and I, I began to kind of go down the rabbit hole of oh, for what are they ridiculing him? for in this moment i mean there's a lot of things they ridicule. are they ridiculing him because he's you know using this this uh this message as a point of emphasis you know ca- talking about a dishonest manager mm-hmm. are they ridiculing him for some others did you have thoughts on that or did you kind of just say you know we we got enough to unpack i didn't jump into that at all yeah 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 i i I wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, of all the things there, and it would have been applicable, yeah, to to jump down and into and unpack it and that whole thing. It, it would have been even helpful, but you have to figure out how much time, how much time you have, right? Yeah. So, what were some of the things that you had to just say? Man, I I don't have enough time to get go down that 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 rabbit hole. Something that I I left out, but that you picked up was talking about squandered time. Yeah. Um, and I thought you did a great job on talking about squandered time and using that word squandered because it's a great word, yeah. uh, especially in this context. Um, and it goes right back to the prodigal right. son, right? So he mm-hmm. squanders his father's inheritance. Right. The 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 manager is has has squandered the wealthy man's. Estate, estate, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was it was a very interesting to kind of compare the pre and you did this really well going into the previous context all the way back in Luke fourteen, um, and then comparing this to Luke sixteen. And then what I found really interesting was that this theme of management of money and wealthy people really continues all the way through to the story of Zacchaeus in, in Luke 19. And mm-hmm. what do you do with those sorts of things? It, I thought it was interesting. We, we ended up in, in very similar application places, but went around right. many ways. And you really dug into it a lot more. What is it? What is the manager actually doing with the debts? Right. And really, I probably should have cut a lot of that and simplified it. And uh, because in the end, <laughs> well, then the dishonest manager or the rich master praises the dishonest manager. So you end up in the same spot anyway. Yeah. So what from there? But I thought it was interesting and fun and funny. Um, so yeah. I wanted to share it, too. Well, and I and I went and I had done a lot of that same research and I and I said, you know, I can't. I want to really dig into this. You know, right. I really want to dig into all the different uh, possibilities because I think the big question mark is what does it mean that the master commends the manager? Right. That is the whole point. 
because the commendation and the thing, whole hang up yeah mm-hmm. yes and you you've gotten some feedback about it because, <laughs> so talk about that for just a second you know like like the feedback that you've gotten about the the confusion over this i got a gentleman who emailed me about being puzzled you know we should be um applauding embezzlement yeah um which i didn't mean to give that understanding. Which, no, but. you didn't. I mean, I thought you did a great job of, like, really emphasizing this man is dishonest. It's not the dishonesty that is being right. elevated. It's the... Cleverness. Ingen- it's the engine. Yeah, the mm-hmm. cleverness and the ingenuity and the, the nimbleness. And one of the things neither one of us really picked up on, but because I, I couldn't, I personally didn't figure out a way to weave this in there, was the urgency. Yes. Because that's definitely part of it. Right. I mean, the, 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 the manager is like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He's applying that urgency to his own uh, temporary future. Right. But Jesus is, is looking at his disciples and, say, and and there's a point of urgency that he's wanting his disciples to have. Yes. And uh, I, I so that that's commendable. It's amazing. It wasn't in the Gospel of Mark. Yeah, absolutely. But everything's urgent. Urgent, in the urgent, urgent. Now, 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 now. Yeah. And, and um, I, I just I, – one of the things that it got me was like why is Jesus – of all the things that he could – have elevated why is jesus elevating this dishonest servant not for his dishonesty right but for the ingenuity did you have thoughts on that so of of all the things that jesus has used as a parable uh, or as a as examples i talked about fishermen and vineyard keepers and all this why do you think this is the thing that he wanted his disciples to to take away at this particular moment because there are hurting and lost people um Mm -hmm. that are in need of god and um, God's people to to come around and and to be that resource and that help and that comfort and pro- proclaiming the good news and being the good news in their their presence and that's immediate. God has given us things so that we can use like resources and gifts and skills so that we can use them for God's kingdom, not yeah. so that we can squander it for ourselves and our own pleasures and delights. Which is what the Pharisees were, were right. doing. And one of the things I, I really appreciated about your message was you uh, you wove in that sense of urgency that the manager felt by pointing out, you know, the, the story of the Titanic mm-hmm. going down and uh, Joseph Hanna, Joseph Hanna, Harper, John Harper, Harper. John Harper. I ah, see close. <laughs> and, and, but the, but the sense of urgency where he's mm-hmm. he's literally, you know, talking to people that are on their way to their deaths. Right. And he's on his way to his death. Yeah. Yes. And he's got that sense of urgency as well. And he's got that eternal home and he wants them to be part of that eternal home and to make home. What is it? The passage, uh, <laughs> yeah, to prepare yourself for your eternal home. Yeah, yeah, and and then and then talking about one of the survivors who heard that message, mm-hmm. and and because of that urgency, and who knows how many other stories there might have been in that moment, but this was a survivor yes. plucked from the icy water. I would really love to know. John Harper had just come from an evangelical conference, like some evangelistic tent meeting mm-hmm. conference kind of thing in Europe, and I, I would really like to know what he heard preached um, oh gosh, before yeah. he got on that boat and had that in his heart. And you know, Was this just something always there, or is this something he recently heard and applied it? I would really like to know that. Yeah, but it's 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 interesting that Jesus uses this 
sense of of creativity and nimbleness mm-hmm. in there. I, you know, I look at this and I think I still, after all of this, I still think. You know, th- there are other stories that Jesus uses to talk about urgency and, and sure. creativity. I think one of the things that he he's elevating here too is, in order for us to uh, and and the words I kept using is maximize your opportunity, maximize your opportunities. We have to be willing to learn from places that we are not, because one of the things he says in there is uh, uh, how I'm going to get the exact wording here. Um, he says, um, the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. You know, the people of this world are are better at dealing with their own generation. Mm-hmm. They're better at dealing in this world than people who aren't. Now, there's a rationality behind that. But what Jesus is saying is we're called to this generation mm-hmm. uh, with the gospel. We've got to learn from the world what we can learn in order to uh, bring uh, eternal news not not right. just to gain unrighteous wealth and uh, and get get at that is it be innocent as doves but shrewd as wise as serpents yes. innocence as doves and, and that was one of those in my Martin my margin notes sort of <laughs> things I had in in the handwritten part part it didn't go into the to the message because there was just so much to unpack in this <laughs> this week's, this week's uh, sermon and um, not straightforward no not straightforward at all it takes a lot of twists and turns and um you know zoom out zoom in yeah a lot Mm -hmm. of zoom out zoom in and i love what you did too and i want you to wonder if you'd unpack this a little bit more you've worked in um in ministry environments and you've worked in uh, non-ministry environments correct and do you use an example from your own life where there is the opportunity to present the gospel was almost non-existent correct but only almost so talk about that a little bit more for those that may not have heard that story i worked in um an office in new england and there was a rule that you are not allowed to talk about religion or have religious symbols Mm. and actually the very next place that i worked was also in new england same rule there and they'd actually come around around christmas time to make sure that any christmas decorations you had weren't religious christmas decorations so i mean it was a, a serious rule up there Mm-hmm. I mean, not one of those things that it would be the end of the world and you'd be fired. You'd probably get a, a warning. You're not supposed to be doing that kind of deal if if they ever caught you um, sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you're allowed to to talk about your life uh, and what's going on in your life, and and that happened a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and just them finding out, oh, I had been to seminary, oh, I'm ordained. Uh, that doesn't come right away, but it comes. And yeah. that opens up, you know, conversations. And But you have to be careful and you have to to be wise of when you bring it up, how you bring it up, um, to what end you're, you're, you're aiming at, because you could potentially get into um, a point where they might have to fire you. Yeah. No. So. And you had an opportunity where there was a, a a director of your office coming in. Right. And nobody liked it when they showed up. Nope. And so you decided just to to pray about it silently to yourself. You're not broadcasting it. Right. Director goes in, talks to the supervisor. Sorry, and, I forgot to tell no, the story. No, 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 it's okay. <laughs> uh, but the supervisor comes out and is actually 
shocked at how well the meeting went yes and some of the very things that the supervisor is reiterating yes. the same words the the same um phrases that she used in her report were the ones that i used in my prayer it yeah. was pretty amazing and 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 they had to pull it out of you that you prayed for it so right. it was very much at their invitation right and i and i set that up yeah. um and they knew that i set that up i mean it was we had a good relationship with each other <laughs> yeah so i just said i, I can't talk about it yeah. knowing that they would make me yeah. um, but it opened the door and, and boy did it open the door for mm. for that to be proclaimed not even in places where there seems to be no opportunity right if we pray for those opportunities, those opportunities will come up. Right. And I, I thought that was just a great uh, example from your own life of, of okay, this is this is a point of application. Right. You may think you have no opportunities. Well, and that my my next job that I had in New England, um, also in an office, which was forbidden. That's the one that they came around to make sure yeah. that no religious symbols around Christmas, uh, which was interesting because they rented part of a building that was a catholic hospital so mary and joseph were out front and i'm like they already decorated for christmas (laughs) um (laughs) anyway (laughs) when i gave my notice because i was going to go and be a solo pastor in west virginia not only was it proclaimed every group that we went to my supervisor was there tell them what you're going to do and (laughs) uh, proclaimed to everybody and everybody and she told everybody in the entire building um Mm. and it it started to open up conversations in my my last week there so it was pretty interesting you know in places where you close your lips and you know they hear these new stories that they don't expect to hear it becomes good news and you get to share well i think what's really interesting with that is i think there's there are people who hear that and they realize wait a minute they 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 may have just kind of dismissed the opportunity dismissed the the thought in their mind Mm -hmm. That they have a chance to be a witness, right? In their context, and it shines so brightly. Yeah, uh, when you have somebody who's even caring in these cutthroat environments, um, everybody wonders mm-hmm. why are you nice? You are. Why 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 do you care? And uh, it opens up all kinds of yeah avenues to to share. Yeah. And giving people that kind of tool in their tool belt yeah. of, of faith is is a hu- is a huge win, and and so it comes out of you know when we go into a secular or people go into a non ministry work environment, they're dealing with a lot of dishonesty. They're sure. dealing with a lot of people that that uh, are acting um, shrewdly or. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or worse, and what do we do? Um, and I think some people. One of the things that's interesting is some people have this mentality of, "Well, I'm just going to keep myself at arm's distance. I, I'm a I'm a believer, so mm-hmm. I've got to kind of put this this Christian wall up around, so I can't be." And that's really not what we're supposed to do. Right. We're supposed to pray, as you did, pray for opportunities to be a light and witness. And uh, and and a great, great, great way to apply this in a real-world situation uh, for folks, because it is a confusing passage otherwise. <laughs> it's very yes. confusing. Yeah. Uh, well, this week... Uh, we'll go and bezel and get <laughs> praised for it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly what Jesus was trying to get at, right? I mean, yeah, just let's figure out how to 
to cheat our bosses and, and <laughs> that's what Jesus was talking about. As long as we use the money for good, right, then we're fine. No, that's not what he's saying. Um, <laughs> sure but this week, uh, I'm going to be back in Vine. Pastor John is uh, scheduled to be in our classic service. If you missed uh, Pastor Rebecca's sermon, uh, go to fpclickland.org, click uh, the sermon archive tab under the classic. If you missed my message, click on, on Vine and uh, you can listen to it or watch the full uh, full uh, full I'm locked. I do it right every week and I messed it up. <laughs> you can watch the full service um, if you'd like to. And if you miss any one of our episodes of Armchair Preaching, make sure you go back, hit the subscribe button uh, wherever you hear podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, um, or SoundCloud, and share it with your friends. It is a great way to get the fuller <laughs> picture, especially on a difficult week like this from Luke chapter 16. And uh, yeah, continue to send those emails in um, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, we're going to give them all to Rebecca and she's going to answer you, I'm sure. Anyway, uh, thanks Rebecca for hanging out with me for a little bit and uh, joining me in the armchair and we'll see everybody next time. See you.